Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Right now, though, it is time to talk some cricket with PGG Rights and Turf, key suppliers to New Zealand cricket grounds. Interesting week, um, both the men's and women's games, of course, at the top level as far as New Zealand is concerned. Uh, New Zealand went down to India in an extraordinary one-day international, uh, extraordinary in the sense that Shubman Gill got over 200, and then New Zealand looked like they were getting an absolute pounding until one Michael Bracewell came out and hit one of the more sensational knocks uh, you will see. 140 off 78, taking New Zealand within sight of the most unlikely victory uh, you could uh, ever possibly imagine. Uh, whilst uh, the White Ferns announced their squad for a World Cup, yes, it is the year of the World Cup, and uh, the White Ferns uh, squad for the upcoming Women's uh, T20 World Cup in South Africa has been named. To discuss these issues and more, our dear friend here on SCNZ, Jehuda's Dulcet Tones, uh, throughout the uh, Pakistan-New Zealand one-day series. It is one... And the only Mr. Peter McGlashan who joins us from his palatial estate. Pete, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Good morning. Uh, being the second best cricketer in your family, uh, I know you're well versed on uh, everything as far as the White Ferns are concerned. Uh, we, we had them hosting a, a World Cup or um, here last year, a one-day World Cup. But I, I always feel when speaking to our top female players they feel like they're a better T20 um, or, or, or more equipped to, to handle the rigours of a T20 tournament than a one-day World Cup. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, I think so. I think it's um, you know probably uh, related to depth. Uh, I think we saw the effect of some of the key fast bowlers like Leah Tahuhu and that having injuries over the last few years, the effect that that had on the squad. They had to bring in some pretty young players. Um, and T20 tournaments do, just with the lower workloads, the bowlers only going to bowl four overs. Um, the opportunity for some of our star batsmen like Susie Bates and Sophie Devine to pull off match-winning things, uh, the T20 tournaments just mean that if your talent stocks aren't quite as deep as some of the other countries, then it just gives you that extra opportunity to do well. It's been quite a transition over the last year or so um, with some players who still are clearly good enough, in my humble opinion, to be playing international cricket, told they are no longer wanted. Uh, so uh, I guess there might be more eyeballs, or, or the knives might be sort of half-drawn in some quarters, looking to be sharp and to have a crack at the side if they're, they're unable to compete. But they should compete with the talent they have named. Peter, would that be fair? Like, How do you judge the squad they announced? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's pleasing to see um, Bernadine uh, Biswoden, I think is how we pronounce her name. Um, I've never got it right, uh, even though she's a Northern District. Biswoden-Hoot? But um, Biswoden-Hoot, yeah, that's right. Um, great to see her back in the squad. She obviously took a, a little bit of time off for some um, uh, personal health uh, reasons, and so it's good to see her fight back. She'll bring some tenacity um, for sure, and to have some of the senior players still there is really important. Um, but it is, you know, it is a, a time of change, a time of transition. Um, you know, we've seen a, 
a strong uh, development squad to go to India with the women's game. And we've got the women's under-19 World Cup on in South Africa at the moment, which uh, they're doing well at as well. So it is pleasing to see some of these younger players getting a chance to step up. And uh, I think it's a sign of the future that the the White Ferns have got some good systems in place. Uh, They've got a new coach in Ben Sawyer, and it's an exciting time. And as you say, you know, hopefully they can um, continue to grow and, and the public can be patient with them as they rebuild. Morning, Morkel brought in a, a smart move to, to bring in uh, someone who's played at the top level in South Africa for so very long for, with such great success. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, you know, it would be ideal to bring in uh, women coaches as well to the women's squads. Um, but, you know, the women's game professionally is, is still quite uh, young in its growth. And so when you have uh, uh, touring a country like South Africa, it's really important to get local knowledge, um, pitch conditions, um, you know, what types of players you should play, what works on those conditions. Obviously, the men's game and the women's game is different in the way that bowlers extract pace and bounce out of the surface. But there'll just be some really helpful things which Mornay can provide. Um, You know, there's a handful of of, um, former men's players out there who are working in the women's game and, and providing a huge level of um, depth of knowledge, which just uh, the, the men's professional game has been around for longer, obviously, and, and bringing some of that expertise with, we've had Jacob Borum in the past and others um, is really, really helpful. So to have someone of Mornay's calibre um, will be a real shot in the arm for the women over there and, and hopefully give them a, a level of confidence when they come up against um, grounds that they haven't played on before and opposition that they haven't faced in those conditions. Yeah, I know different sports, you know, and it can be dangerous to compare the men's and women's games. Um, it can be lazy. Um, I'll be lazy on this front. Uh, if I look at trends from the last T20 World Cup last year in the men's game, you had Pakistan essentially played five, actually six frontline bowlers, it did seem. Um, is the women's mm. game as uh, going in that way, that, that actually you're looking to, to load up your team with as many quality bowlers as possible? Yeah, potentially. It kind of depends on the strength of your wicketkeeper. So um, if your wicketkeeper can be a, a genuine batting option, uh, and Bernadine is an aggressive um, keeper, and um, you know we've had the um, uh, good fortune of having the last couple of wicketkeepers have been strong batters as well, with Rachel Priest and co. and Katie Martin, then it does allow you to play uh, a broader base of bowlers um, as those options. Uh, that only really works though if your if your top order does really stand up and and I think you know that has been the challenge sometimes is that not all of the white ferns top order have performed all on the same day, which does mean that you do require a few more batters at sort of six and seven and the bowlers are asked to do a little bit more than they need to. We're fortunate that you know some of the bowling all rounders for New Zealand like Leah Tahuhu and and Sophie Devine. Um, uh, are, are strong batters as well, uh, Amelia Kerr as well. So we've got some all-rounders who, uh, while their bowling is good enough to get them in, are also really, really helpful when you add them to the batting lineup. Those warm-up matches are hugely significant, aren't they? There's three against England, I think, uh, practice matches, um, all in Johannesburg, and then I think they've also got um, other warm-up, another warm-up game against England and the West Indies. So a, a bit of trial and error throughout those five games, or is the trial and error phase over? Oh, yeah, they might want to trial a few things just in those conditions. And England are obviously a very polished team um, who have been investing in the women's game uh, financially and, and professionally 
for a very, very long time. So they're a good um, marker to compare yourself to. And playing the same opposition repeatedly does allow you to tinker with a few things. It would be, uh, there's not much point tinkering if you're playing against three different oppositions um, because you don't necessarily learn which of the changes have provided the benefits. So playing the same opposition a few times does allow you to, to play with any yep. combinations if you do have any uncertainties. But I'd imagine most of that squad... Um, will sort of pick themselves and there might be a few of the players, you know, um, 19, 11, not necessarily in the batting order, but in the naming of the squad where you start to think actually, you know, what what, what would it mean to have a slightly different bowling combination or to, um, to swap a few people around in the middle order? And so those might be the few changes that you'd like to play with. How bonkers was Bracewell's game the other day? I'm calling it the Bracewell game because that's what I'm going to remember it for. Sorry, Shubman Gill, you might have got 200, might have been the fifth Indian player to do so, but boy, oh boy. Michael Bracewell oh, took us close to one of the most extraordinary like, wins. Yeah, and it just seems like the natural evolution of that Pakistan series, where that, that Pakistan series was all over the place. The roller coaster <laughs> that we had in a couple of schools, where you know we thought we were out of it, and then we're back in it, and then have we got enough? And then massive partnership with Williamson, and then it's not, you know, and then it's just bizarre. So, yeah, really promising for Bracewell, I think. You know, it was a tough ask on that bowling lineup. That, that Black Cats bowling lineup is probably one of the least experienced we've put on the park in a very, very long time. Um, when you look at, you know, Tickner and, and Shipley and Ferguson as sort of your, your key um, uh, strike pace bowlers there. Um, you know, hopefully East Sodi, I think some of the word is that East Sodi's um, ankle may be on the mend but may not quite be ready yet. Um, so, yeah, it was an exciting game. Bracewell, a lot of talk this week about how his huge amount of experience in the domestic game meant that um, he's just really well equipped to go into international cricket and succeed. I think we've seen two guys in Daryl Mitchell and uh, and Michael Bracewell who have got a wealth of domestic form behind them, Uh, a little bit like the Australian adage of, you know, needing to really, really prove yourself at the local level before you get the call up. And Bracewell just seems to be the maturity of, of, uh, he knows his game and he's just making good decisions, both with bat and ball. So really exciting because it was a bit of a question as to who was going to fill that kind of Jimmy Nisham role, who could come in and bat powerfully and, you know, bowl you between six and ten overs. Um, and Bracewell seems to be a really natural fit at the moment. So promising signs. Obviously, they didn't get the win, but any performance like that um, with a World Cup in the same area later next year, uh, later this year um, will give them a huge amount of confidence. Peter, it's a huge year for cricket. Can't wait to chat more as the uh, year goes on. Thanks so much for joining us. It was great to hear your voice behind the mic again during the uh, tour to Pakistan. Cheers. Appreciate it. Peter McGlashan, former Black Cap and part of our SCNZ cricket commentary team, joining us for our Talking Cricket with PGG Rights and Turf, key suppliers to New Zealand cricket grounds, premium suppliers of turf seed and maintenance products to New Zealand cricket grounds around the country. Back after this.